Why? We're on. Hey, how's it going? A little bit late. Uh, guys, this is not a charity hammer stream or any kind of game stream. So we're going to give you a couple minutes to kind of close down that Twitch window and do all those other things you want to do when you don't want to watch idiots talk. Uh, guys, tonight, <laughs> Florida man himself, Tim Pitty, makes his triumphant return to talk uh, Warhammer, obviously. Uh, the balance update and also the beauty of the Unga Bunga. Um, guys, my co-host today needs some introspection. He's regretting only uh, bringing a towel to Alaska as Danny McDip. Maybe it is. Maybe? Hey, look Maybe, how fast hey, I am. Dude, you're, you you're know, incredible. That's I just appreciate how stable you are today. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Well, only only internet connection-wise, not mentally. But fair. Fair, and who can be? Uh, Danny, we, tonight we have uh, Tim Penny on the show today, but I need you to describe for the world um, our good friend, uh, Tim Hubscher. Well, Tim is an interesting guy. He lives in a very small town in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Um, uh, and uh, he invites people to his compound um, sometimes to play 40K with him. Um, and... Uh, he also has a predilection for randomly sending gifts to people. Um, now these gifts are usually fairly thoughtful, um, but sometimes uh, I'm not really sure what was going on. Uh, maybe oh. there was too many muscle relaxers. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not his doctor. When my son was born, he sent me a Canadian onesie, uh, which was oh. wonderful. As I'm not actually Canadian, he also sent me uh, a part of a gun. I don't know what part it is. Um, it's just <laughs> just a part. Um, I think he told me, but again, I don't know. But the reason I bring it up is that, uh, hello to Nurgle Matthew, how we doing here? Uh, the reason I bring it up is, uh, I would describe him as a lovably bizarre person, uh, as he took seven stress balls with him to the recent Atlantic City Open, uh, for Kicker, uh, co-host of Signals at the Frontline and mm -hmm. like, uh, Frontline Gaming Event Consigliere, uh, to sign on our behalf. Um, oh. All I want to say is, I mean, the first time I heard of this was when I got a message from Tim saying, hey, I got Kicker to sign all those balls for you. Uh, to which I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as we can oh, see wow. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kicker, uh, bless his soul. He signed all seven of them. Um, but now we have a bunch of random stress balls for, for no reason. Uh, Perfect. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know well, if you so, know what. So usually, doing. here I've got some ideas. So usually, sure, a stress ball it. when you use it um, is when you're uh, upset or, uh, as the name implies, stressed out. Um, you can squeeze the ball to help relieve tension by exerting physical pressure against the uh, the yielding nature of the ball. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, by the way, Danny, people have told me their favorite part of the show is just your over obnoxious explanation of how things work. Um, Guys, it's true. I, I have actually been told that. I'm like, well, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that works for you. Um, yeah. I don't get this joke. I really don't understand it. And guys, I love it. Some bizarre stuff. Guys, um, his name is Kicker. They're soccer balls. I think the jokes write themselves. <laughs> but we now have these. Uh, I want to throw out a challenge to to all of you fine people who go to many of the frontline gaming events. What's the weirdest thing you can get Kicker to sign? Uh, send us photographic proof. Uh, X there may be prizes <laughs> if you have to make me photoshop pixelation over things even better uh, let's see yeah, how far do. we can drive you know what drive that man. john 
Yeah, John, yeah, I'm, you know I'm here. We might, yeah. we might, we might put the pixelation in anyway. It doesn't even matter if it's racy. That might make it even better. Oh, actually. that's fair. That does make it even better. Um, but that's all I wanted to say, Tim. Thank you for whatever yeah. reason deciding the kicker needed to sign soccer balls for us, uh, so we can do something. What a champ! <sighs> yeah, uh, you did hear giveaway crush and fool, uh, but uh, not one you want to be a part of. Uh, Jenny, go ahead, introduce our guest. I think times have changed oh since he's last on. We we get to the point where I know nowadays. I don't. Yeah, uh, Tim is on everything, guys. Like, just uh, pay attention online. I don't know if he's doing it. I don't think he's doing anything necessarily, um, but he's uh, guys, he's definitely out there. Danny, can um, I just say who on a forty k yeah. podcast actually does anything? True. It's a good Doesn't point, John. It's a good point. Yeah. I try to. I know. Um, but like, uh, but Tim, he's, uh, he's a real stand up guy. You might, you'll see him at any number of local tournaments, especially down in the Southeast. Um, for, I don't know. It, I'll ask him when he gets on. I don't, is he, are, are you with Art of War still? I don't know. Maybe I know he's friends with everyone. Um, but that's because Tim's an awesome guy. Um, Tim also helped to run the Florida man podcast and, uh, <laughs> anyway, Tim, come on in. <laughs> Dude, I love the introduction of he does a bunch of awesome stuff. That. He has a lot of cool friends. I'll ask him some questions when he gets here. Well, it wouldn't be fun if we just answered all the questions ahead of time, would it, Tim? Oh, hello there. No, it's way more fun when I'm actually here and I get to answer the questions. Hell yeah. Though, I do now kind of want to do a show, uh, possibly April, at the start of April sometime, where we invite someone on. And we ask them direct questions, and then just Danny answers them, and then we immediately move on, uh, and don't don't actually acknowledge anything at all. They never get to talk. You call chapter tactics. Oh, perfect! <laughs> I've been on that Dan. show before. <laughs> <laughs> Visually, um, so <laughs> guys, Horus Heresy is here. It's released. In full swing. Oh, uh, the game when you want to play uh, Warhammer with people who like historicals. That's an interesting life choice. <laughs> with players, players rejecting modernity and embracing tradition. Uh, Tim, uh, you had a very unique and cutting remark as you came in there, but are you planning on playing for uh, 30K at all? Um, My local, let's see, the, the people on my team like will probably, will probably end up playing with each other. Um, we play a lot of like when we don't play like, like playing forty k. We play a lot of oddball games. Um, we uh, still mess around with Battlefleet Gothic, not the computer game, the actual game. There was an actual board game. Um, I always feel like I'm dating myself when I'm always like, "Hey, is anyone interested in Battlefleet Gothic?" They're like, "Oh yeah, I love that game." We start talking. And I realize that they're talking about the computer game. They have no idea that there was a physical. No game that was based how on do they that. feel when you start talking about like stuff like hey how do you measure that in centimeters and they're like what are you talking about oh i know what right are you talking about how annoying was it to guess the range on those nova cannons right mm. i still <laughs> i still uh man i still met like i think my i had a, a chaos space marines uh legion and i think or the uh this the fleet and I actually had one of the planet killer ships, and I think nice. it got cleaned out because I didn't want to love for the military. I never actually like, cleaned it out. And I think my parents probably thought it was trash or something and just got rid of it. And I see those selling on eBay for quite a bit. 
but uh, we'll probably play probably play Horus Heresy. Um, I really, it sounds like a really good game. I've been hearing good things about it. Uh, John Lennon talks about a bunch of the Arbor guys. They're going to talk about it. I'm sure they're going to ruin that game too. Um, so <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm very excited uh, yeah. to actually try uh, my favorite Legion, which is World Eaters. So I really want to try that. Love yeah, it. I know yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the the discerning gentleman's choice. Obviously, they uh, their tactics are a little too highbrow for some to appreciate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, our guest producer, uh, yeah, I was gonna say our guest producer tonight, uh, Dicky, hundred percent behind the World Eaters craze. Uh, He's very excited for it. Even created himself a new puppet that wasn't even a unicorn. Who'd have thunk it? Who knew? Yeah, Danny, you were saying before, I so rudely cut you off to say that Dick. uh, Oh, I was gonna say that the uh, that segues nicely into our topic today, doesn't it? We have a topic. World Eaters. What do we have a topic? Brother, no, we later. So guys, I, I want a little, oh, little inside baseball, little inside baseball here. So usually I, I sit and I'll write my show notes on a Sunday night while enjoying a light refreshment and getting ready for the next day. Uh, last night I decided to uh, watch a lot of professional wrestling and buy a trampoline. Uh, so show notes were completed very late. Uh, but we, we're just kind of as normal, which I'm excited about kind of. Um, but Danny... How are you sort of finding the rules for, for Heresy 2.0 uh, compared to, to 1.0? Oh, I think they're much improved. I'm pretty excited about Heresy 2.0. Some of the, I mean, I'm sure there's more broken stuff, um, but it seems like a lot of the glaring issues that I had with uh, with Heresy 1.0 have been fixed, especially like a lot of the, uh, I mean, I know coherency is like, it makes it a little bit tougher to get hit with those blast templates and who can't wait to roll scatter dice this guy can wait. I don't want to roll any scattered ice if I don't have to. <laughs> I love it when a um, four-hour the... game is three hours playing and then one hour arguing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's nothing. Um, the, the most revolutionary thing GW ever released was their dice app, but not because it was a dice app because those are trash, but because it had a scatter dice as a part of it, oh, which man. did a solid red line across the screen. Uh, for you to appropriately measure where it was. I still have it on my phone. I'm going to use it. still have it on my phone. You're not using a Dice app against me. Holy cow. Um, So, Tim, you're saying like John Lennon getting super into Horus Heresy. Uh, Do you think so? GW is super behind uh, Heresy 2.0. Do you think it's going to lead to like a resurgence uh, of this 30K community past the historically terrible people who've been associated with the game? including uh, you watching at home man that's a that's a loaded question um i think the so the thing about horus heresy is like one of the one of the really <laughs> cool things about 40k is that it's it's super inclusive it's inclusive in the community uh like gender race creed uh religion whatever it's super uh it's super inclusive that it's very 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 inclusive of illiterate people um, they've actually reached the highest levels of success in 40k, um, as anyone who's gone to an event could tell you. Uh, it's 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 very much uh, you can like you can customize it, you can make it your dudes, whatever. But the 30k is it's the Horse Heresy series. It's a it's a space opera, you know. It's like a big series. It's a it's not just a setting like 40k. It was an actual story. So even though there's game like game mechanisms and rules and stuff like that, at the end of the day, you're kind of like buying into a story. Mm. And for some people, that's very, very, very important to how they enjoy the game. 
Um, and so I think like just by its nature, I think there's kind of a little bit of healthy gatekeeping built into the premise of 30K. You're kind of like buying into it a little bit. And it's kind of like, hey, this is our little area where we can be like, hey, we want you to try to have your, you know, your your period specific power armor mark or your like your your decals correctly or your period specific like armor or tanks or you know or paint scheme or whatever and not be immediately um labeled as the minority and the bad guy and the a-hole for wanting that and i think like i almost think that's part of the reason why that game exists is to create a construct i I, i'm really trying to avoid using the word safe space here but like an actual construct where people who that's important to them and how they play the game, they have a game for them. So, yeah, you could you could you could show up with you with your purple imperial fists or whatever, and people will look at you weird. And I think it's actually kind of like okay for that. I think that's okay for them to look at you weird because that's kind of like the weird. buy-in of playing. That's yeah, that's like the, that's like the, like that's the buy-in of playing 30k, isn't it? You're playing a yeah. story. It's a fake story, oh, yeah. but you're still playing a story. I love so, that uh, you're treating 30K the way Britain treated Australia uh, back in the day, uh, where that's <laughs> just where you push everyone, where you're like, man, I don't want to play. Hey, have you heard of 30K? It's great. Um, and everything like there. Um, I was going to say, which game system, this question to both of you guys, jump on in with your buzzers that were provided, um, which game system has the worst fan base? Oh. I mean, come on. Ooh. I mean, it's clear. It's very clear to me. It's it's 30K. Like, the fan base is actively toxic, like, on constant level. Like, maybe that'll change when more stuff comes out, like, and more people are start playing Heresy, but... Oh, I mean, they want they they got so disgruntled by the fact that there was like a new edition of the game coming out. Like a lot of a lot of like the old grogs like aren't even moving forward with the new edition. It's like, come on, like you can't. I don't know. I would. I so I'm gonna. It's gonna be a two part answer. Um, the nice thing about the 30k community is I never had to see them and I never had to interact with them. So that, because they were your that, Australia, that, correct? Well, because so, they live in base. The, the fact that they were like basically quarantined from my life was um, that put a lower lower floor limit on how bad they could be. Whereas I have I've had the um, experience of playing with some real charmers uh, in 40k. The community is by far good, but also I've had there's like about a handful of games uh, in my um, time playing 40k where I can, I can still remember have been. To put to call them terse would be putting it nicely, um, but I think Danny is onto something, and I have to agree with him. I think 30k, kind of around the time seventh edition came out, or the jump from seventh to eighth, I think that it kind of created like a safe haven for all the grogs um, to yeah. leave. Because like because like around like eighth edition, it felt like that's when uh, GW is kind of like modernizing, being the idea of like almost they're embracing the fact that like hey, we're gonna draw on young blood. Uh, and young blood thinks about games. They think about video games. They think about board games a little bit different than some of the old timers do. They they view mm-hmm. games as something that you can apply yourself to and improve at. You know, like just look at esports. And so I think GW saw the writing on the wall a little bit. And all the grogs, I think a lot of them either just left the game altogether or retreated into 30k, 
where they just basically created like kind of like almost like an echo chamber of toxicity. And not all 30K players are that, but you no, of course you you all you all know there's there's those clicks that are out there. And I think everyone can kind of like visualize who and what I'm talking about. And they exist and they find each other and they just like they just make each other worse. Yep. And it's thankfully they, they want thankfully they don't like new blood, so it's very hard to actually get to break your way into them unless you're just an awful person as well. Um, but I think I think they're a little bit worried that with the, the with one of the, the the gates being removed, which is just the incredibly expensive uh, Forge World support for Horus Heresy, and now it's going a little more mainstream. I think they're worried that their you know their tree fortress is getting broken open, and all the kids and all the girls are going to get in, and girls mm-hmm. and kids are aching. Not the girls. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, and so they're going to come in there. They're going to be waving bars of soap and deodorant, and it's just going to be terrible. They're, it's just going to be yeah. so bad. So. No one wants deodorant at all. Uh, Legal no, Entrance no here on Twitch is asking, how do you feel about GW strong-arming recent to selling FLG? One, I don't know anything about that. And two, if that does happen, man, the jokes write themselves. So please, we can do like a thing where we turn off the lights at the end of the episode. We can like add <laughs> assets to all this art in the back to just... <laughs> Be able to give me like two weeks of content uh, and then I'll be fired. Uh, and then do you think they will be giving more or less top eight players codexes a month early? Um, as someone, Danny, uh, you and I are lucky enough to receive review copies of these things mm-hmm. at the same time as other people. Uh, never a month early. Uh, like absolutely uh, never. Yeah, imagine. I wish. I wish. Imagine. Imagine living in a world. Um, and then to be a little bit more positive on this here, which game system has the best player base? Oh, uh, man. I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, Danny jumped yeah. in. Danny jumped first. So I will say to kind of balance out uh, the fact that we just absolutely dragged Horus Heresy last time. Uh, Horus Heresy, and then this is the view of an outsider. Uh, it strikes me as one of those games where like it kind of has like the highest highs and the lowest lows. Because mm. when you meet when you meet someone who is playing 30K and they're like just super passionate and they're just... They're just a dude with a legion and a dream, and they just really, really, really love their dudes. And they're, but they're also like a good person, you know. And like maybe they don't get as many games as they want to, you know, or maybe they just play their old drinking buddy, you know, from the Great War or whatever. Like, and they just all they do is they just meet up once a month and they just play their little, you know, their horse heresy game, and they just have they just have the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful army. You're like, did you get a commission? They're like, no, I just did this on my own. You're like, what? This is crazy, you know? Um, they're they're hard to find, and a lot of times you won't find them because a lot of times they're not like at the game store. They're just like at their house or whatever. But every once in a while, they come out for like events, stuff like that, and you'll see them and you meet them. And it's just like the most pure thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe that doesn't really hit the, the, the benchmark for a community. But I feel like if... Um, I feel like the 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 bottom ten percent of Horus Heresy might be balanced by the top five percent of that community. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. Whereas Danny, like the top of jump... any... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll just ramble. So, Danny, before we jump over to to your answer there, uh, Gravy Jones on YouTube saying, "I think I met one girl in real life at a tournament. It's because her boyfriend dragged her to a GT, and she just sat watching him for like four games in one day. So I'm having a hard time believing girls will be." And then he was either. Uh, murdered by some kind of Illuminati because <laughs> his comment stops there. I will say, if you go to LVO, 
Uh, there is definitely better representation there, but they absolutely do play. Uh, and guys, we're going to get past this. They're only here because their boyfriends make them. There's some phenomenal female content creators, gamers, all that other kind of stuff. Um, and we so, have, yeah, we have three. We have three locally that uh, that show up uh, several times. One of them, she shows up uh, several times a week, actually. And she's out there getting the reps in at our local game store. Um, nice. But I can think off the top of my head, I can think we have like at least three of them that are like no kidding show up and you know and like grand one of like and it's not just all sisters of battles too you know because i know people like to throw that out there so i'll just preempt it um but like they're playing like tyranids they're playing chaos space marines towel like all that stuff like mm -hmm. they're they are out there they're slowly uh we're slowly getting there yeah and guys the way you can help don't be an asshole it's hard i know i'm asking a lot but uh but it's big uh danny yeah. back to this here what which game system is the best player base for you uh huh i don't know uh that's a tough question john uh, i think it's probably uh probably specialist game systems um mm -hmm. i know that uh, i've had some of like the most fun playing those like kill team or uh uh like blood bowl is a good example um so yeah i'm uh i'm i'm pretty uh i'm pretty excited about those games uh Tim is a hundred percent right. Like some of the some of the heresy guys are really hobby heroes and like just amazing like paint jobs and conversion work and like the amount of effort that they put into their armies is uh, probably uh, constitutes some kind of mental illness in, in the DSM. But uh, the uh, uh, I'm uh, I really I really love going and checking out the heresy events. Also, there's a lot of other non games workshop games um, that have mm -hmm. really great communities as well. So I th almost think the smaller the game, the better the community. Yeah. Um, just because there isn't that popular appeal. And, you know, part of like being in kind of these sometimes small knit communities, uh, like close knit communities, is that you can do a little bit of policing. Um, mm -hmm. and so you can kind of weed out some of the bad actors a little bit easier. Um, and then those people probably will go play games where it's a little bit harder to get rid of them because the community is larger, like 40K or uh, Age of Sigmar. Yeah, for sure. And chat kind of agrees with you here as well, Daddy. And I too do. Blood Bowl actually has the greatest community of any game because you it's have crazy, uh, guys, they have thousands of people at their tournaments. It's insane how hard they go. And these are guys who put their life and effort to tra they pay for travel, hotel, tournaments, their team, all of their stuff looks great. And then their entire strategy fails because one dice went bad and they mm -hmm. don't sulk about it. It's insane. No. I don't know how they can live that life. Um, well, 40K continues to impress, uh, as people view, uh, painting requirements as an unnecessary gatekeeping requirement because, guys, hobbying is too hard. Um, guys, is painting too hard? I'm going to start with Tim on this one because you'd be making some progress in that. Or possibly not. Danny, well, we'll start with you. Is painting too okay. hard? I actually knew. Um, sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, I used to go super hard with the uh, with the hobbying. I wasn't good, but I would I would try. Uh, and between uh, between just like dry brushing, thinning my paints, all that kind of stuff, you know, like I could, you know, and then learning how to airbrush, like I could get there. Uh, and then I had a um, after COVID, uh, I had a kid who my son Victor, who is two and a half now. Uh, he's awesome. Uh, he's neurodivergent though. So 
a lot uh, between that and all the overtime. I like I just don't have time out of day anymore. Like today was my one day off, and it was almost all filled with doing stuff. But I still like to play, and I still like my army not to look like complete dog shit. Uh, and someone uh, pointed me towards the uh, that video, uh, that slap chop video, and it yeah, just Rob for, Stimes with Honest War Gamer. Oh um, one, that video is hilarious, and then it's it really shows that marketing is everything because I showed it to some of the people at the BitPod podcast and some of the people in my FLGs Discord. And they're like, oh yeah, 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 that technique is all the hobby guys are like that technique is this forever. It's the it's the gradients and the paint values and the color schemes and they pull like like color wheels and everything. You know, my eyes just glazed over. But I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> when you put it like that, like it sounds so boring, you know, it just uh, sounds, way to make sounds it like dirty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I was literally cranking out like, you know, like five hundred points a day or something like that, you know, like like oh. two or three hours of painting. It was like like Busted open sister squad took like maybe an hour to assemble it because it has like you know two thousand parts, and painted the entire thing from primer all the way to like varnish in just under an hour, and, wow. and it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good too. I, I'd say it gets you like solid like C plus B minus results, which nice. for me I think I have like eight or nine different armies now. You know, so it was that's perfect. You know, and I've actually been. My backlog has actually been shrieking instead of growing, which is kind of cool. Sure. So it's trending in the right direction. Dude, so always yeah, impressed. Slop, slop chop, look it up. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Rob Symes, but uh I definitely will uh uh I definitely am gonna try out the slap chop method. Uh I'm gonna try that out on a heresy army. Yeah. Guys, this is gonna be to both of you here. Um should have all events just allow unpainted models because you have that ten point penalty almost. I kind of built into the game state now. Mm, I don't know, man. I so I've really so I took a break. Uh, I played in second and third edition, and then I was gone for fourth through seventh, and I came back. And then the game itself, the game, the company, the community had like changed overnight. I felt like I felt like someone like a caveman that had just gotten thawed out from ice. Um, and one of the things that I noticed. Um, since I came back is that hobby has been seen more as like a tax and a burden. Yeah. Um, versus like a badge of honor, or rite of passage or something to just enjoy. Uh, and I want to, I want to remove as many gates as possible for the game. Um, but I would say you have to kind of draw a line somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like, well, at one point are we just putting like bases on the on the board and moving it around and we're not painting and we're not rolling dice either because dice are now also you know an impediment to my happiness yeah. so is painting and stuff like that like why don't we just put the bases on it you know move those around uh why even bother getting a game mat or a terrain or any of that at some point it's just the 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 you're showing up and you have your fully painted army you put a ton of time and investment into people call it the ikea effect when you make something yourself and you like it a little bit more and you have a bunch of people in the room that they've all done that and they're all appreciating what everyone else has done. And you can look at someone else's army. You can immediately see what they were trying to do. You can immediately see like, I'm not a huge, you know, stickler for WYSIWYG, but um, you can kind of see like what stuff was equipped with immediately. Like, immediately you recognize it. You know what they're trying to do. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you, you put the models on the table and you play the game and the terrain looks good. The armies look good. Um, and it's just, you just get that atmosphere. Uh, and I think at a certain point, um, 
it's kind of like I know I'm re- I'm re- rambling here, but it's kind of like no. when uh, for anyone who played World of Warcraft, one of the things that they were always hating. I think Danny might know where I'm going with here. One of the things people always wanted, they were always complaining that it was too hard to find groups to run events with, mm-hmm. to run dungeons with, run raids with, and everything. And so eventually, uh, Blizzard capitulated and added the Q Finder and the People Finder, Dungeon Finder. And at that point was probably the beginning of the end because 90% of the game was just empty. And just like that, it was a new era. And so I know that's a little overdramatic for what I'm trying to say with 40K, but it's kind of like, hey, at some point you have to stop and say like, hey, this is the line in the sand. Uh, This is part of it. And if this is something that you view as a burden to you, this might not be the game for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just to Sorry. jump on in here, Tim, after you say at the start that, you know, you, you're not allowed to talk on other shows, we're contractually obligated to just let you talk as much as you want on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Danny, uh, you were you were thinking on this. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So first of all, I wasn't laughing at you or your comments, Tim. Uh, Richard was making yawning. these old man yawning noises in my ear. And so, like, it cracked me up. Um, I've never heard quite so hard of a dad noise in my entire life. It's I like we're listening to the sleep couch or something. <laughs> it's, it's like we're listening to the sleepiest ASMR in our ears. This I know. Time. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm ready to take a nap right now. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, look, at my, look at my dog. He's been like unconscious the entire show. I know. He's just been sitting there farting. That's, it's a, been great. that's, a, that's, a, li- that's a living animal right there. That's not, that's not a backdrop. <laughs> You guys, it's not stuff. Tim doesn't keep a stuffed dog laying on his floor. Just so you but know. I will take oh, one to LVO for every table. <laughs> oh, um, so about gatekeeping and a hobby. Um, uh, I am, so this is going to sound like I'm a total jerk, but I'm a big fan of gatekeeping. <laughs> um, I, uh, in, but in like a minor sense, right? Like, I think it's really important. And I think the hobby, uh, Tim was a hundred percent right on the money. Uh, the hobby aspect of this, uh, of this, uh, of the game that we play is a large part of it, you know, and a lot of people don't want to go to an event and play against an army that's unpainted. Um, cause that detracts from their value. Just like you, it may detract from your value of playing the game. If you play against somebody who doesn't really understand the rules, like that, that's not, that's not super fun either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important that there is a minimum standard that's upkept. I really like the 10 points that they've added in the game, uh, in total honesty. I think it's good. It kind of encourages people to paint because a lot of games come down to within 10 points. And if you're painted and your opponent isn't like, you're probably going to lose. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, that I, happened I, I, to an RTT we were at on Saturday. That's right. It sure did. Um, and so uh, I think it's uh, I think it's really vital. I know for me, it's a great motivator to get myself going. Um, and uh, yeah, like at some point, like Tim said, you got to draw a line in the sand. Um, the other really important aspect uh, to it as well is the perception of the hobby from an outsider, like coming in like a tournament when the store is filled with people um, is a great time for everybody to have a painted army, not only for everybody who's playing in the tournament, um at least for me it definitely makes the game more enjoyable if the armies are nice on the table and the terrain is nice um but anybody who's not playing 40k and just coming into a store to kind of observe it's a great impression that you leave on them if everything looks if everything looks nice um the other week i went to kind of a more friendly event that we had that we had at a local store 
And uh, people coming in, checking stuff out were like super excited. Like they were like, oh man, look at this army. Like, what is this? This is so cool. And I'm pretty sure that it sold a box. It sold a starter box that day. So that's just another person that we can add into the hobby. And by being exclusive, sometimes you can also be inclusive. For sure. I'm going to say there's nothing more depressing than me spending time getting my army ready to go, putting it on the table across from, say, a bunch of orc boys with no arms and, and no pain. <laughs> and you're like, this is a, a little bit less fun for me. And yeah. again, yeah, we, yeah. Danny, we were at a, a tournament on Saturday. Um, and we had people come, I had come, people come up to me and say, well, hey, can I take some pictures? Yeah, sure, man. Go, go right on ahead. Mm -hmm. And guys, anything is better than gray plastic. It's scientific yep. fact. You can't prove it, uh, but it's a scientific fact. Yep. Um, but moving on, last week we saw a raft of changes coming for 40K, with not only a balance update, but there's a new GT pack, uh, there's new points, there's all kinds of things. But guys, using memes as our guide, let's talk about these a little bit here. Okay. Uh, the Arizona... Oh my gosh, look at this. My notes are even broken. That's how excited we are. We have our Arizona Team Marine um, uh, showing us the, the price of minis is always on the rise, but one intrepid pinner this time this workaround always keeps his points the same like with that. Arizona Team Marine. Um, that paint we're gonna job use is this 99 as, cents. Dude, that paint job is 99 cents and just on fire. It's really good. The fact he has individual flowers highlighted, uh, that's dedication <laughs> to a meme that I just refuse to do. Um, but, uh, guys, how did Marines make out in Chapter Approved? Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out about uh, Death Guard and other things like that. H how did Marines do for you guys? Go ahead, Sam. Uh, um, I think uh, it really depends on what chapter. Some of them got better secondaries than other ones did. But in general, um, they... Their data sheets were starting to lag behind other data sheets in the game, and they really shored that up by spending mm -hmm. a lot of pregame CP uh, to kind of bridge the gap. And that's not really plausible. Um, and although Marines do build good battalions, not all Marine lists wanted to build battalions. And if you ask any like dyed-in-the-wool Marine player, most, most of them will tell you that their troops are the worst in the game. Um, mm -hmm. So... And you feel it when you build a marine list, like adding like one unit of uh, like incursors is fine. Adding two, and you know, the second unit, maybe it's intercessors or something like that. You know, it's fine. It's just like once you add that third unit of troops to any marine list, you're kind of like, oh my god, there's so many points. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a little bit rough. So I think I think the fact that like even though many of them did build battalions the ones who were not building battalions that now have to coupled with the fact that they can't you know dump a bunch of pre-game cp to make their their data sheets more efficient and then mm -hmm. middling results for the uh secondaries it's uh it's real rough man yeah danny do you do you think this is kind of the right take on how marines are sitting right now God, chat, chat got it right with Matt Austin letting us know they made it so bad, uh, Danny bailed. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we'll come back to Danny on that one here, but Tim, where the I, I will, I will, I will pause. I, I do think, um, 
I do think we could see Blood Angels make a splash. Um, Blood Angels are gross. I played some Blood Angels on Saturday, and it was a slog. Uh, what are some things? People, people, people been. They have been kind of lurking in the shadows, so to speak, and then they were. They were, I, I hate to say sleeping, people were sleeping on them, because I'm sure a lot of people that, you know, have brains, like, saw that they were, get, they were kind of, like, getting there after Armor Contempt. Um, but they they really had some potential. I think you started to see some people, you know, pick them up, play them with success. And I think with the the point drops to uh, Sanguary Guard, um, you can still fit, like, a 5 Death Company, 21 Sanguary Guard in the battalion. You know, with mm-hmm. with Dante, a priest and an ancient, and that's like that's like eighty five percent of a list right there. That's that's a real list too. Um, yeah, it's like so. Uh, yeah, from, you can you can definitely make some work happen there. From personal experience, Dante with Sanguinary Guard was disgusting. Thank God for Harbingers of Dread. That, that's all I'm going to say on that matter. Uh, but it's their their real Sanguinary Guard probably didn't need to go down in points, uh, but it was uh, they're they're really really good now. Uh, was so. Blood Angels got really good. Was there anything that kind of just was just now in the trash pile that was maybe used before? Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't play Marines enough. I don't really play against them enough. Probably really have a take that isn't just ludicrously off base on this one. If Danny would actually connect, he could probably bail me out here. Um, no, dude, just just throw this out there. Just name a unit. There's like 300 of them for Marines. Man, individual individual units. I don't know if like individual units would uh, would go out there, but I would say um, I would say like any any of the chapters that were kind of like on the on the margin probably just get completely dumped now. Um, I yeah. think I think with Blood Angels, I think like you know Blood Angels, Space Wolves, Iron Hands. Um, Probably can make a go out of it. Black Templars, um, White Scars. White Scars actually look pretty good. Um, outside of those, like, and I, I don't see like like Imperial Fist, Raven Guard, Ultramarines. Mm-hmm. Probably Danny, not too hot. Danny, do you have an opinion on Marines here? No, he's just throwing cool names. Well, hey, he's just making faces at us. I'm excited to continue this conversation. Hey, chat, jump in, Dude, bail I've us out, let us good. know. Hell Not yeah. even the internet connection. Um, well, chat's letting us know that Crusader squads get better with free war gear. Assault Marines got better. And then everyone, of course, reminding us that the good old meme of 960 points of free Plague Marine war gear, which... Oh, we're talking we talk about, we talk about Chaos Marines too? I, I thought we were just talking about Loyalists. Well, we're just starting with Loyalists, but we can definitely move on to Chaos Marines. We can start with uh, Death Guard. Yeah, we can go past this Harlequin slide, slide five. This guy's just depressing for me here. He's just like... Um, I know this is going to sound really salty, but I'm feeling personally hounded by all the changes. We get a codex and immediately it gets nerfed. Not to mention that the codex nerfed my whole army by restricting fusions to two pistols a troop for min troops. The nerfs get nerfed. Then the nerfs get nerfed. I really would prefer to just play the 8th edition codex and have GW stay away from my rules at this stage. I'm seriously ready to sell up and move on. I never get to play, and every time I do, I have to learn a new rule set for my army because it's changed. I need a rest from wasting my money. Uh, this was in response to some Harlequin changes. Tim, uh, you played against Harlequins, I'm, I'm guessing, a fair amount. Yeah, actually, I, I own a Harlequin army, too. 
Oh, sweet. Even better. So we can kind of continue this wonderful empty screen here. Uh, how did uh, Harlequins make out out of chapter approved here? Because they were pretty high uh, beforehand. Um, it's, they're still good. Um, they're still very good. Uh, it's just, just, just a second here, Tim, Danny, when you reconnect, just do a voice only. We got the picture covered. Uh, but yeah, please, they're still very good. It's, it's, it's really hard to just like um, evaluate anything in isolation um, because we, we, we know every single army is feeling um, their ups and downs um, between the secondaries and the points and the, uh, the Nephilim change to CP and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Harlequins are going to do a little bit less damage than before. They really, really, really like those luck rerolls on the hit yeah. wounds and damage. Um Dark Harlequins, uh, I was actually, I was very, I was very bullish on them when the book came out. I saw them as the obvious place to go to once the inevitable void nerf happened, because we all knew it was mm -hmm. going to happen. Uh, and Dark felt really good. And then uh, back to back to back, we got T8 Bugs, Imperial Knights, and Chaos Knights. And all of a sudden, Dark didn't feel so good to me anymore, because you would just get big right. boy timed by, by big, huge monsters and vehicles. Uh, and then melee outside of the characters just kind of felt like trolling. Like, great, your bikes fight on death, they're strength five, AP three, damage two, uh, with awkward access to rerolls. And that wasn't really strength five, AP three, damage two just isn't what it used to be in ninth edition. Um, so, like, but, gonna, but, but I'm Dark got nerfed. Ask well, here, Tim, because yeah, Dark got nerfed all yeah, these kind of things. Are, are we starting to see sort of people getting like tired of meta chasing because a lot of guys i go to the darkest places of the internet for the show and the comments i'm finding is you know they're spending too much money people have all these things they made my army invalid in two weeks are people sort of finally realize that chasing the meta probably isn't the best way for a lot of people i mean i want to say that but th there's so many bad takes in the 40k community that i'm sure people still haven't gotten that message yet um Here's a, the, it, I've seen the cycle constantly where people are kind of like, Hey, this is, this is pretty good. Or, Hey, my buddy, who's a, who's a play tester or my buddy who knows someone who wrote the codex wrote this, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the money to burn to meta hop, just whatever, like the person who, you know, I'm sure either you either know someone or you know someone who knows someone who's getting information ahead of everyone else. Right. Or is just a way better player than you are. Um, if you're going to meta chase, don't snowflake. Don't argue with them. They say something's good. If they say something's good, you just you just go pull out the credit card and you just go buy it. Because yeah. that's the only way you're, you're going to get it tournament ready in time to actually benefit off of it. If you're one of those people who just tries to do their own special snowflake build and ignore the obvious power... And then you you just get frustrated for three weeks, and then you finally get around to building up a medalist list anyways. By the time you actually get that thing to the table, it's already been nerfed. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're just made out of more money than common sense, then you just need to to just pay attention to what the all the play testers or the pro players, whatever, are painting or talking about, and just buy that and run with the obvious power. Or cool. you can just or you just own everything. Yeah, and um, I, I you hear just that uh, from from a source from far away that we have a Danny. Uh, he still looks frozen to me. 
Like, yeah, well, that's a picture that our beautiful producer, uh, Tricky Dick, put on, on top there. Um, but yeah, no, just Danny, jump on in, whatever you can. Uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you there. But yeah, for sure. And then Chad is saying here as well, the, the, the main issue I think people are having is that beforehand, the metas would last for years, now months. But to that, I say to you, you want to play a game where you have uh, the AdMac scourge of 2021 for a year? Or do you want to play a game where you have the Tyranids of 2020 or 2022 for a year? Because I sure as hell don't. Give me more updates, change more things. I think, um, so we never actually finished with the Harlequins, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Go back to like, Harlequins, buddy. So back to Harlequins, look, light's still really good. Um, mm -hmm. You just do a little more, you just do a little less damage than before. Uh, still really good, though. I think if you are still a douche. Uh, a, if you're a dyed in the wool, welcome back, Danny. If you're a dyed in the wool, a Harlequin Thanks. player, I, th I think I think you're I think you're at the point now where everyone, where most people will jump your ship, and you should be safe for nerfs for a while, and right. you can still win games and events. Um, but honestly, no. If you're gonna if you're in this game for the long haul, uh, if you think you're just wasting money by meta hopping, if I got news for you, money, you you wasted money as soon as you bought that 40k rule book. Um, we're just <laughs> We're just we're just living in it. Um, but the best oh, advice yeah. I could be would just be to um, it hurts in the short run, but don't don't sell your stuff. Honestly, like what's bad, like will be good again. Yeah, just don't sell your stuff. Like, why like, would you do that? It's a it's a cycle, right? Or mm -hmm. buddy, sell your stuff to me for pennies on the dollar because it's garbage now. <laughs> it for sure won't be good in two years. Absolutely not. Hey, Danny, you're back. You're back. You're so back. Um, I'm Done. really happy yeah. because the worst army in the game, bar none, is up next uh, with Necrons. Oh, with man. this beautiful Talk about the real little image that you, you sent us. That uh, was the old Palpatine, which is Necron 621 <laughs> or two week on 623. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're strong. Uh, Danny. <laughs> Take me through uh, how Necron suddenly became the worst army in the game. <laughs> Nobody would ever have suspected Necrons would be up there for like one of the best armies in the game. But hey, look, look where we're at now. You know, like uh, their secondaries are pure fire. Um, like it's before like you could you could pretty much count on if you were just playing the mission. Like, you could score 75, 80 points every game, like, no problem, like, win or lose. Um, but now, like, I think it's pretty reasonable to score, like, 90 points every game if you're building for just, like, playing the mission and, like, just trying to stay alive for the first three turns. You can probably win the game just based on that. Um, like, there's definitely a path to victory there, especially if you can deny your opponent some uh, some secondary points from... Uh, things they're trying to do because they'll probably still get full primary if they can push you off the objectives at the end of the game um, yeah. especially if they're going second i will say uh, uh, but yeah danny, man, and I, danny and i went to an rtt on saturday uh it was myself and a necron player went three and oh that event before the third round i said to the necron player what you're doing is bullshit it shouldn't be allowed i understand why it is but i don't want to play you uh <laughs> tim what's with, happening uh, my dog is at my feet. Are I just you? wanted him to say hi to everyone. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 
we we need the the cuteness to bring my rage about what's happened to Necrons down. That's true. Uh, Danny, can you explain uh, my rage towards the Necron book right now? Um, John, you know your rage has to you know it really goes to uh, uh, kind of a sense of entitlement and uh, petty adolescence that you really carry forward in your professional demeanor and throughout your entire life. <laughs> That's fair, but now a more oh. accurate description of my rage and petulant demeanor. Oh, okay, of the Necron yeah, army. John, you just you just don't want you just want to fight stuff that's going to die, and uh, Necrons just sometimes don't do that. Um, I really like uh, I really like the ability to maybe res Menhirs uh, on the Silent King. I think that's pretty lit. Uh, we'll see. That's surely not sticking around. I feel like. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, like, Cesaris buffing everything in the army because everything is core now for some reason. Uh, also sure. great. Um, so, yeah, you love to see this kind of attention paid to arguably the, the coolest uh, Xenos race in the entire galaxy, and I'm completely unbiased. Um, no. I don't know what I'm uh, yeah. more afraid of. I don't know if I'm more afraid of uh, Silent King having core or the uh, the Flyers having core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or, like... Are Doomsday Arcs good now, <laughs> or Doomsday uh, like uh, the death, the Doom sites? Like, are they good? Maybe, kind of. Uh, they they feel like they might get there. Uh, giving them ballistic skill two plus and then full rerolls onto hit rolls is uh, kind of spicy, you know. Like, uh, you love to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, Andrew on YouTube letting us know: Cottage Core, Hardcore, Necron Core. Uh, were either of you expecting Necrons to just randomly get this massive buff in making all of their vehicles core? No. No. Not even a little. <laughs> not, not at all. I mean, I I feel like GW has kind of like, I can tell they're reading what people are saying and they're just looking for, it feels like they're looking for patterns. And like when you hear about like why necrons are bad if you just had to take like a, a word cloud of everything yeah. written online about why necrons are bad for like the all of ninth edition you would just see like points and core points yeah. and core and, so, and so gw like said well we've been trying to do it like carefully and it's not working so what if we just like <laughs> push that lever all the way forward and then break the handle off well, hopefully they yeah. can pull it back at least one silent. Nope, the handle the handle's off. That's it. Slash man. one on. fortification uh, worth. What are some BS things you can do with Necrons now uh, uh, that you guys are either excited about or terrified of? Uh, all the weird stuff that you can teleport out of uh, out of a night site. <laughs> I can you t can you teleport a um, monolith out of a night site? Uh, I don't know because I think it has to fit wholly within three. Ooh, let me so, sure if you press hard enough. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, wait, maybe. Wait, can't wait, can't a can't a monolith come out of another monolith? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to look. I don't know. There's a lot and of weird the, like Russian nesting. The official, doll yeah, I was about to do like the nesting doll the monolith keyword. Oh, boo. <laughs> Oh, boo, that this thing can't just <laughs> randomly spawn monoliths until Look, you're just in my deployment zone. John, what I wanted to have happen was for me to fly a Knight's Scythe across the table and drop a Serap tech 
uh, construct in my opponent's backfield. And if I can't do that, then why? What am I even doing? What oh, are we that even thing's doing core. Here? That thing's core, isn't it? Yeah, dude. Oh, I <laughs> Guys. forgot that thing existed. Pull your Necron Codex oh, no. off the shelf. Blow the dust off them. Uh, you're going to be seeing them, the GTs and RTTs. They are quite possibly uh, the most abusable rule set uh, available right now, uh, which, uh, like, Danny's face, he is very happy about. Tim's face is what your face will look like when you're playing Necrons. <laughs> Um, guys, it was a major oh. glow up. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> on to things. Uh, let, let's move on away from there. The Necron's good. Um, world leaders sort of got an army, I guess. Um, with mm. uh, with these guys mm. here, uh, berserkers and Karn were their main things. Uh, yeah, extreme violence half the battle. The other half is extreme violence. Um, how do you guys see the World Eaters army uh, as presented? Is it a viable enough force to last the however many months to a codex? Um, uh, uh, it's hard because like I think Emperor's Children just kind of does it better. Yeah, but I agree. Um, so one, one timeout. If I, I mean, maybe I, I can't read, but I think I was looking at the data sheets a couple like last week or whatever. And I think Karn only gets up to strength seven now. Like, um, please tell me I'm mis- please tell me I'm mistaken on that one because that that was a slap. He starts face. killing dudes, right? Does he still get a strength bonus from his warlord trait for killing guys? I don't even remember. I, I think he does. I think so. I don't know. Uh, I saw I that he does. I, I saw that he does mortals at the end of the movement phase to any to a friendly unit within yeah. three inches, and I saw so, that his axe was only damaged two, and I immediately just closed the page. Okay, Tim, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Karn is the best way to increase horror range from Deep Strike in the entire game. <sighs> so, Danny, go ahead. Explain why that is. No, don't explain what it is. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Stop that. We didn't, we're not playing World Eaters for the jank, okay? We're coming there because we're going to run over there. We're going to show the, you're going to answer your phone. I'm going to come out of your phone with a knife and stab you. Like, that's why you're playing World Eaters. Like, <laughs> stop it. Uh, man, it's so, like, I think talking about World Eaters as a whole, um, you lost a ton of movement um, with by losing the automatic fight twice. So that really hurts because there's a lot of close combat jank you could do there. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But, you know, and with armor, with armor contempt, we were. Most people had kind of like abandoned the faction. We're not looking as a real army, but we were seeing people. I think we saw it in uh, the Atlantic City Open. They were doing people were doing well. They're making stuff work with rhinos mm-hmm. and dread claws. Um, I, someone did the math, and uh, I think it was like a World Eaters Discord or wherever links were shared with me. And I'm just kind of taking them with the word for it because I certainly don't care enough or have the time to do it. But they were basically saying that against most of like the meta units stuff like that, the new. Assuming Exploding Sixes, because we had not seen the CSM Codex at the time, we were just assuming that Exploding Sixes and Assault Doctrine is what they were going to get. Um, they were showing that not on a per model basis, but on a per points basis. And I think it was like, I think it was like eight old Corn Berserkers were equal to like five new ones or something like that. So they basically said on a point by point basis, the new Berserkers do more damage into pretty much all, almost all the meta um units out there i think they found like one weird edge case where it was like like maybe like a rhino they do less damage into so that's cool um two wound berserkers with armor contempt inside a rhino with armor contempt 
And then maybe we look into the greater CSM book for some strength um, into the fact that you get to build. We're all kind of getting the entire game is getting forced into building single battalions anyhow. So I think that the real strength of the world eaters is the fact that your tax is corn berserkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, and that's great. I think right? I think like, I think you take great. I think you take your three units corn berserkers. You take some rhinos and then you try to flex as much power as you can out of the rest of the book. Yeah, Danny, you agree? Uh, so like, I think the best thing the world leaders book gives you is the unit berserkers, but like, cause they're not in the normal chaos base Marine book. And I think they're a great choice in lots of other legions. Um, even though they don't get legion traits, they can still benefit from the stratagems and warlord traits that the legion has to give. So, uh, like I like them, uh, I'm kind of going to run some with my night lords. Um, cause I think that they're like a good, they're kind of a good, th- and also their core. So there's a lot of like stratagems and prayers that kind of key off of that. So like in like, uh, for instance, like creations of bile, that kind of stuff, I think they're really good in that. Um, even though they don't get bile trait, they still get advance and charge uh, for one command point, which is pretty good. Um, also no fallback uh, with Night Lords is kind of the way I'm looking at them there. Like if I can pull that off, that's like a, that's like a game winner. Um, yeah. Like consolidating it into something and saying it can't fall back. And then like I'm immune to, I'm immune to a shooting reprisal, which is pretty good. Um, yeah. but yeah, the world eater stratagems, I feel like are kind of lackluster. Um, they uh, are, they are, they really the are. are not that good either. Uh, relics are just reprints. The relics are just reprints yeah. of the, well, I mean the whole, the whole supplement was basically a reprint minus basically, the data sheet. Yeah. Um, you still have that banner for plus one attack, um, mm-hmm. less being a priest. And I do think you kind of want to take an apostle, uh, in a world sure. eaters army anyways. Um, I personally like I like an apostle and a disco lord as like and then three units of berserkers and it's like my hey no kidding three rhinos a disco lord an apostle and like before we talk about anything else that's my if I'm running world ears list like that's my core but also yeah. I, I'm not a reviewer so I don't have I'm more of a tactile learner so I don't really have the benefit of the book in front of me that's, so that's sure. all just this is all just theory for me yeah absolutely guys and this is a production of predict we're gonna skip ahead slide thirteen uh, like. Uh, we'll, we'll summarize real quick the next thoughts on things. Chaos, pretty good. Learn how to deal with Abaddon. You're, he's going to be in literally every list. Tyranids. Uh, to yeah. quote Anthony, he's not pushed, he's shoved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyranids, they're probably where they should have been on release. Still real good, though. Uh, they'll probably change a little bit. Uh, but to run things out today, um, to, to make sure everyone goes about at a good time and my ASMR can stop in my ear. Uh, guys, we brought it back over Charity Hammer weekend. I had the pleasure of doing some uh, commentary with Alex Taos, uh from New Zealand. He he is also in the Best in Fashion uh, Foreign, not Best in Fashion Kids or Best in Fashion Classic. Uh, but he originally suggested a game that we played in a really old episode of, of Grimm. So we're bringing it back. Uh, oh. Danny, we have a special game, and uh, I even made a little title card for it. <laughs> fantastic heck yeah it's time to play a terrible sci-fi novel or event listed in best coast pairings um i'm your host probably <laughs> you know what probably. this is this is, tim has a way unfair advantage over me he's probably been to like half these events that's fair Damn, i did not, not, they are, not, this, not this year okay they I'm 40, are I'm 40 international <laughs> <laughs> they are international so hopefully not he hasn't been oh. to them all um 
so we're going to start here uh, with event number one, which is going to be Forge and Fire. And guys, just let me know if you think it's a 40k tournament, uh, or in chat, do this too. Uh, 40k tournament or terrible sci-fi novel. All right, question. It's Forge and Fire or Forged in Fire? It's Forge and Fire. So Forged in Fire is the novel. Forged and Fire is the erotic friend fiction. <laughs> I'm going to go with the bet. Oh, okay. I'm going with novel with that description, Tim. I have to. <laughs> Tim, it's an event. It's a 40K tournament out of St. Louis, Missouri. Forge and Fire 40K tournament. Dang it. Dang it. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Andrew and YouTube saying me saying John did say first event, so I'm going with an event. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> not to, way, not to way, to bury the, way to bury the lead. <laughs> way to bury the lead. Okay, our second title that we have here, Conviction of Power. Novel. Uh, conviction in power? Conviction of power. Oh. That's a stupid event name. God, that is just, yeah, that's got to be a book, man. Even for stupid event names, that's, that's, that's dumb. Yeah, Wumpus Cat on, on uh, Twitch and Kicker Gaming on uh, YouTube Go to Write. It's a book. Oh, sorry, it's not. It's, it's at a 40K event name. It's a tourney. Conviction what? of Power is a 40K tourney in England, uh, home of Warhammer, and also most of the top players in the world right now. And unfortunately, English, because that is a terrible name for a country that invented that language. Just going to remove all of the U's from those words. It would have cost zero dollars to name your event something else, and yet you still named it that anyways. True. That, that's fair. All right. Uh, so moving on. None of you got points to that one. That's fine. Uh, we have Farnham's Freehold. <laughs> Farnham's Freehold. What does that mean? Uh, I want to say it's a book. What does conviction of power like... mean? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with book. I'm going with 40k book. event, John. Okay, 40k event, going for book. Uh, Tim, you were right, it is a book, and I have a picture of the cover that we're pulling up here. Farnham's Please. Freehold is a post apocalyptic tale. The setup for the story is a direct hit by a nuclear weapon catapulting a nuclear shelter containing Farnham, his wife, son, daughter, daughter's friend, and employee into the future. I think I've read this book. <laughs> that makes me uh, I love also uh K War Jen on, on Twitch actually guessing the author of the book before we put the picture up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god. Oh, Joel Atkins the daughter's friend. It is her special friend that the family don't disclose or talk about, but they're very close buddies, perhaps. Um, hey, okay, John, I have one for you. Yeah, sure. I just I just sent you a picture. You tell me if that's a novel or a 40k event. You can feel free to share that if you want. <laughs> I can't write. You just sent a picture of your dick, Tim. <laughs> Dude, it's very baby. Not novel or event. <laughs> it's, well, it's for someone. Know, it's, it's definitely it's an event for terrible by Tunics and Pants magazine. I, <laughs> Penis F.F. Crippington. 
Uh, so I'm going to get us booked on that one. All right. So we're three in. Uh, we have Battle of the Forever Night. Oh, come on. Is this a translation? <laughs> Again, guys, was, if you go I'm to gonna, gonna, ACP, if you go to Best Coast Pairings right now and just search for global events, these are these are all... Yeah, look no, at your eyes. No, you're a BCP. Uh, no, like look. The, hold on. Yeah. See, look. Here's my, here's my phone. Yeah, see? Okay. I just a normal Apple screen. So, Battle of the Forever Night. Is that a tourney or a terrible sci-fi book? I feel like that had to have been, like, one of those, like, tournaments that I always see, like, every, every like, three weeks, like, happening in, like, Spain or something like that. And that must John, be, like, the translation. So, I'm going to go with the vent for that one. John, that is yeah. a, that's a crappy vampire novel. I know one when I hear one. Uh, that's what that is right there. <laughs> Give, it Give it to me. Danny, that is an event. No, no way. way. No, no way. That is an that, Age of that, Sigmar that, tournament in Olympia, Washington, which right now no! is your technical backyard. Oh, buddy. Now I see why we stopped oh playing God. these games because you asked me to. <laughs> well, okay. Here's 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 oh, a nice a, one. Can, yeah, we make, chat. Can, we make a, can we make a tier Tim list for event names? We're, uh, yeah, we absolutely can make a tier list for event names. This will be our next episode. We'll just all like organize it in tier maker. Um, every single t every single event name that you've that you've come up that you've given us this event that this game John has been absolute like <laughs> F tier dog shit event. That's just what I'm trash. Say. Just absolute <laughs> trash names. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. Like thanks. as our producer let her know, that's the whole point of the game. Uh, I know. I have Argon. But... Uh, is I have Argon an event or a book? Oh, that's book. that's a book. Tim, I'm going with book. Okay, it is a book. It's a very famous book. I have Argon is a heroic fantasy novel that narrates the adventures of Grigner, a mighty barbarian and thief. Uh, it's found notoriety within the sci-fi fandom since the publication. Its quality of the work has made it rank among the Books considered the absolute worst, um, <laughs> but still better than Nemesis. How Putting do you make an there. eye out of a noble gas? <laughs> oh, God, that was worse than any joke I've told this month. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> and last and certainly least, Fire with Fire. That's an oh, event. That, that's definitely God. an event. You that's know what? So, no. That's so on the nose, it has to be an event. It's got to be a book. It is a book uh, by Charles E. Oh. Gannon. Intelligence analyst yes. Kane Riordan uncovers a conspiracy <laughs> on Earth's moon, a history-changing clandestine oh, project, no. and what ends up name? with... It ends up involuntarily cryoceled for his troubles. 12 years later, Riordan awakens to a change world. I'm imagining just like Demolition Man, uh, but yeah, that's on the moon instead. I was, I was hoping that. that was the novelization of Moonfall, but I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> John, Danny, is there like a movie of this? Can we do like the three of us sitting in the front row, like a mystery science theater <laughs> kind of thing? Like, please. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm in. Brother, we'll just... I'm in anytime. 
We'll put yeah, we'll put Tim's terrible on there. We'll put it on. We won't even record it because we'll get demonetized. It'll be great. Uh, so Tim, you won you won three two. Danny, you had a little bit of a resurgence at the end. I went two three. Yeah, yeah, one two three. Just standard GT practices. I'm out of practice. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for coming on, dude. dude always a pleasure. My to pleasure, talk to anytime. You. Um, what amazing show, guys! I can't wait for next week's show where I currently have no one booked. I don't know what's going to oh. happen, but on the plus side, we always know uh, the community is always going to come through. Um, I had a ton of fun with this stupid game and looking up terrible sci-fi novels. We're definitely going to do something similar next week. Because uh, guess what's being clipped into a segment that you're going to be mad that's not the full episode of this week. That last thing. Um, guys, <laughs> we'll be back next Monday night. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, we'll be back same time-ish, probably maybe a little earlier. It's back to Val, so it might be 11 or so. Uh, but <laughs> we'll be back next, next Monday. As always, it's pretty grim after dark.